Hello everyone, welcoming you to this podcast with Jenny Rose Love. She's all the way across the world, up north, literally on the opposite side with the volcanoes in Iceland. Wow, a Celtic witch <laughs> amongst the volcanoes. How is it over there? <laughs> in the dark. It is dark and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's so good to be connecting with you from opposite ends of this globe um yeah the magic here is is powerful and there's an active volcano right now here on this land since last winter so the land is very alive yeah wow, I really love how in tune you are with the land I feel like firstly just to give a little bit of context I feel like we've been planning this podcast for months and either mm -hmm. I'm moving or you're moving so we've really got that gypsy thing down pat that's definitely <laughs> something that we have in common and uh, I think I've moved house three times uh, since then and so have you and you finally mm -hmm. landed we've moved country from where were you before Iceland so I was in Scotland, which is where I've been born, where I've grown and lived. Having mm -hmm. been a gypsy in that, you know, lived in different countries temporarily, but Iceland is my first rerouting, like moving and rooting down into a new land. I lived here mm -hmm. last year and I moved back a couple of weeks ago. So from Scotland to Iceland, and they feel like cousin lands. They really, I guess, would be, they would have been together. And Scotland feels like, mm -hmm the great grandmother of Iceland, Scotland, where I grew up, Arthur's Seat is the volcano of Edinburgh, but it's extinct. Uh, so it feels like the land that Iceland will be in hundreds of thousands of years. You know, they are great grandmother and great grandchild to each other. I feel the land. Mm. Mm. That's sweet. So what drew you to Iceland? Like what drew you to move there? Like what was the call? Yeah. So I've, like you named, I do have a really strong connection to land with the way I work. And I teach um, embodiment and somatic healing and witchcraft and women's work and womb work uh, and goddess temple landing. Those are my the pieces that I work and I live what I work, really. I'm always living in ritual or in the mystic. And my karmic completion with Scotland felt like it happened this year. You know, I'm, I was born on that land, although I'm mostly Irish. Uh, both my grandfathers are Irish. And so I had a lot of karmic work to do with Scotland and I love her dearly. And it felt complete, much like when a relationship is complete and you know it's been beautiful, but it's also no longer. And yeah. Iceland, for many reasons right now at this moment in time feels for me the place to be. There's actually caves here that have ancient Celtic carvings that predate the Viking settlers. And they say there's a big energetic grid between here and uh, Egypt. Um, and Iceland is like Isis land. It's a really strong goddess land, the ancient goddess. And the goddess is my devotion to, all my work is born through her. And it's a very safe place to be on the planet right now. Uh, an abundance of clean water and you know we bathe in the water that comes from the land we drink it straight from the land the air is so clean my body feels really good here like it feels without having to try there's a different vibration that comes through wow my yeah, love letter so, to Iceland <laughs> <laughs> well the soil would be volcanic so that's mm -hmm. where the food is coming from and like it's like mm -hmm. it's fossilized it's pure mm -hmm. and then the water the water's glacial so mm -hmm. it's pristine and there's not that many people there so yeah it, it does feel like the safest cleanest place to be right now <laughs> Uh, yeah, the water's glacial and it comes from the land. It's got the minerals, lots of different minerals in it. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Frozen, Frozen 2, but that gives a really beautiful sense yeah, of... You know, one of my favourite movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, another way I could have answered that question was like I watched that movie and decided I wanted to move to 
somewhere with this. That's really why you were there. Come on, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm Elsa. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. But the elements are very alike here. Yeah. So, what I want to know more about is working with the darkness because Mm. so right now you're you're moving into winter and Mm -hmm. um the the solstice is coming is coming up well it's actually our solstice that's coming up next Mm -hmm. month so for you it's the opposite Mm -hmm. so how many Mm -hmm. hours of daylight do you have right now so right now middle of november it's maybe about five or six and it never gets completely dark in the south of iceland in the north it might but not that it's about three or four but even in Scotland where I've lived and grown up in winter it would still be you know dark by 4 p.m every day so I am very familiar with many months of the year spent in darkness and actually this is what I'm I'm most interested in right now and one of the reasons I chose to move to a country with more darkness is to to be deeper in that medicine because I feel right now it's the medicine that's most depleted from our entire Western society. You know, one of my original specialist subjects was adrenal fatigue. I had adrenal fatigue and I helped people heal adrenal fatigue through yoga therapeutics and Chinese medicine. And that is the winter element of the body that's depleted. So back when I was a bit more, you know, in the yoga world, I could see how much winter was depleted in the bodies of people. And then doing womb mystery work and realizing that the bleed time when we bleed is our inner winter and how again society women are not taught to rest on their bleed and then in our culture you know our seasonal culture especially in a country like Scotland or Iceland where there is a winter it's very dark and cold we use artificial heating and lighting to mimic an eternal summer and the medicine of winter has I would say been almost absent from culture for thousands of years particularly the last hundred Um, because winter is also the realm of the dark goddess you know the feminine without Mm -hmm. being gendered about it but the feminine energy the dark goddess lives in the underworld in hell hell is the name of a uh, scandinavian goddess h-e-l so we've been taught to fear hell to feel the dark to fear to fear nightmares to fear the mystic realm of deep rest and of dissolving back into the earth of literally returning to the mother and that would be a three, four month process every year. How many of us can say that we have dissolved for four months every year? Not mm. a week, not a, not a month, not a retreat, like just completely surrendered into the nature, the rhythm of nature, the cycle, the spiral dance. That's what I'm most interested in right now. And the medicine of our times I'm seeing with the global situation is that when we first had the lockdowns in March, 2020, we were all welcomed into this rest, into this space. So we don't have to work, don't have to go anywhere. And there was almost this like snow day or school holiday feel to it for some of us. And actually at that point, a lot of women named that their, their menstrual cycles went very strange. And a lot of them had incredibly painful bleeds, the first bleed in lockdown. I was tracking that as a teacher of it. And I feel that was because the bodies were being given a space to rest deeper than they'd ever received before. And so all of the pain of a winter never felt came through in that inner winter. I felt, I experienced it myself as well, my first bleed in lockdown. And now 18 months in, as we move back into the second winter of this world we're now living in, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, Mm. um, where winter is usually always feared anyway, regardless of what's going on in the world because of depression and lack of sunlight and the health difficulties that brings, I can feel this fear and this tension and this nervousness of this knowing we've got the eclipse in about a week, mm-hmm. the birth portal. Yeah, like that's... how deeply are we going to dissolve? You know, what dissolving is coming? It's almost the inevitable tug of the earth that calls all things back to her. All things die, all things decay, all things get eaten by worms, all things become fertilizer for new life. And we're currently seeing this mass dissolving of the world as we've known it. And it's been talked about a lot, like everything's dying, everything's dying. Yeah, the new world's about to be born. But first we need to tend the decaying. And winter and the darkness is the realm of the death doula. You know, this is 
everything that I'm playing with and about to start teaching as well is the dissolving, like how to dissolve well. Oh, I love that you're speaking into this is, yeah, I, I think about this all the time, how we live in a world that's so yang and mm. I can get, personally, I get really swept up by it and I can sometimes mm. feel very like frazzled by it, but I love winter. Like I love mm that rest time I love the darkness I love snow and snow eats up all the all the sound so there's like a stillness mm. and a quiet in the snow mm. so I actually realize I haven't had a winter in a while and I'm really yearning for it people are like you're crazy why would you want to be in winter but there's actually something really restful about it and yeah just like this theme of death that it, it's actually been a theme for me all of today I'm just like I just want to rest and it's so hot here right now and humid and mm. just feel like just disappearing for a moment and mm. just resting in the mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. you know, and like, cause it's a lot for the body to constantly be like, yeah. go, go, go in that masculine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's something so sweet about death and dissolving and we are approaching the eclipse which mm -hmm. this physical eclipse is about that like what are we willing mm -hmm. to let go of and just burn and just completely let go and yeah. it's kind of scary because like there's parts like the ego and the personality are like clawing mm -hmm. on ah, can't mm -hmm. do it but it's so nice to just let go mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's interesting there that you said to burn like the eclipse is here to burn because I'm a fire, fire sign and I've worked a lot with fire medicine and like the the yang the masculine that's really strong in my system and has been through even my witch work like ritual of card cutting and mm. quite deep embodiment quite deep shadow alchemy and what I'm feeling coming through is counter to that because it's this language I would use as well like yeah the eclipse burns it up is um dissolving is different the earth and the water and the mulch you know it's not the fire that is consuming mm -hmm. with winter it is the earth and it's the water it's that really decaying mulchy sticky shitty crap that you don't want to step in you know or if you do it stinks but it's also this really gentle process um a friend of mine last year shared that one of her shaman uh, mentors works with worms as her shamanic ally she keeps worms and speaks to them and this was in the summer of 2020. She was, you know, every day communing with the worms, like people have their own bees or, and the worms were saying that they're starving, collected, that the Earth Mother is starving for us. She needs our bodies. We're not offering ourselves back to her. Particularly with um, COVID, people are being buried in metal um, or, you know, not being given to the earth. So if we don't die, if we don't decay, the, the, dirt, the soil becomes dust, you know? Mm. too much sun too much fire too much burning up if we just always burn up ourselves like I need to burn myself up to the fire of rebirth it'll just become dust and desert so there's something for me in the medicine of a dark cold winter when there is no sun like the sun is the fire when it's actually the eclipse perhaps not one of burning but of disappearing of light and fire so what's left in that cold cave because the cave is the celtic portal to the underworld of the goddess Mm. caves are very without well we bring our own fire in so this is I'm just playing with the elements here with you because I, I I work with fire so much and then it was like ah oh, but how do I not just burn up how do I dissolve and, and I love that you're speaking about this I literally wrote a, a message to a friend today saying I just want I want to merge with the soil I want to merge with the bugs I just want to dissolve so literally all these words that you're saying now I feel like we must have <laughs> <laughs> aligned in the day because I was like just like I want to die but not in not in this like scary way I actually just mm. I want to merge with the elements and I was feeling quite quite like flighty and like disconnected today and mm. I had some mushrooms and started feeling mm. like finally grounded again and in my mm. body and um, yeah, just using these elements as a medicine to reconnect mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. like the, the natural rhythm of things. Because I feel like we can get so caught up in, like, in the, the 
the technology and the humanness and, and the, mm-hmm. the yangness of our mm-hmm. world that we forget like oh wait we're actually part of an ecosystem yeah. um yeah with with the seasons and with the eclipses and the celestial bodies is I love to work a lot with the the cosmos and and the planets Mm. um and how they influence us and archetypally Mm. as well but Mm. then well how do we ground back and work Mm. with what's up with nature and the animal kingdoms Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I've also find yeah and I love that you named that I've been feeling the desire to be buried in the earth as well like literally to feel the embrace of cold soil and roots and mycelium because I feel that's in the collective as well we're all being called to the earth um but that is yeah the way the Celtic people live was by nature Celtic people are incredibly nature-based I'm talking about the ancient Celts but a lot of modern Witchcraft is based on, you know, I see the Celtic wheel around, I see people talking of sabbats and sowing and Beltane and, you know, drawing on that as a lineage, because it is really the West, the European um, shamanic uh, roots are, are the Celtic, Celtic ways and the Celtic wheel of the year. So the Celts did come from Scotland and Ireland, but really they were through most of Europe. Mm-hmm. They managed to push themselves that way. And they lived with nature. I mean, all indigenous people did, right? But the the nature of these lands is very changing. We have four seasons. We have glorious summer, Garden of Eden, and then we have the beautiful autumn, and then we have the total death. Like you said, the snow on the surface where there's silence and everything goes down into the roots. And right now I'm studying sacred herbalism and loving mm-hmm. the medicine of working with root plants because, yeah, in spring and summer, everything gets sent to the, the leaves and the the fruit and the flower and then in winter it comes down into the roots and that's when you harvest and work with root plants you know it's not that the energy isn't there the life force but it's just gone down and under the soil so I feel there's just I've been working for years with the Celtic of the year literally embodying it you know I do work very similar uh, to Wild Grace in the way of like somatic embodiment and then archetypes goddess work but also earth work like earth body how can I become that which I live in and that was the work of my ancestors the Celts the wheel of the year and again to say that we in our world like oh I've gone to a one-hour yin class I've done a a void meditation now I can go back to the yang now I can go back to the doing Mm. but I just see this invitation at the moment of can we surrender deeply into winter when it comes around for our hemisphere so yeah you're about to have your summer solstice we're about to have our winter and I'm just so curious about what would come out of that for the bodies and for the earth because the earth is burning up and we're burning out mm-hmm. you know as we do to the earth we do to our bodies and I feel like I, so in the Celtic uh, pantheon it's the Kaliach it's the, the goddess of winter she's this ancient crone goddess that made the British Isles by throwing rocks and she comes back in sowing which is Halloween the 31st of October and she's not just the goddess of death, but she is the goddess of winter. So this is where they get confused. And she, you feel her, you feel the veil sing, and you feel her there and you hear her creaking when it's still and cold outside. You like hear her song. And I just wonder what would happen if we all surrendered into her embrace for three or four months and gave the earth a rest, gave our bodies a rest and tuned into the magic in the dream time as well. Because it's like carrying around a bunch of, banana peels or fruit peels like we eat food and then we like the compost it needs to compost right we need to compost the waste totally. I, I feel like we don't give enough time <laughs> yeah we, exactly we don't give enough we time to composting yeah this is what I'm feeling so deeply and I've just been working with mugworts I'm aware that I'm going into this liminal space of talking and talking and a lot's coming through but that's what I feel is the medicine is like how much can we compost and for how long the invitation is to expand our capacity to rest yeah yeah sorry just uh, tapping into mugwort just feeling that <laughs> when coming through you were just burning it before and we're, we're not in the same space together but I could smell it and I've worked quite a bit with mugwort especially last year mm-hmm. when I was at a mystery school and um, I work a lot with 
the dream space and that really like my dreams are already so lucid but that just helped me go that little bit deeper and Mm. um yeah just just feeling that alignment with the dark and my body like there's something about that that medicine that it weaves in so Mm. beautifully with the night with the rest even though it's activating do you know what I mean? Like, but it's still, it's still something that you work with when you're resting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is also the, the mysteries. This is the feminine mysteries. You mm-hmm. know, I feel the dark chambers of the feminine mysteries are the ones that are least explored. And the mm-hmm. dark feminine can be, you know, I see her a lot and I embody her in that way with Lilith and the witch and the seductress and the sorceress. And it's like active dark feminine. And yet the dark chambers are the chamber of rest. And we tend to, even just that word, it's like, oh yeah, okay, so I'm going to sleep. Okay, that's the one third of the day or my life where I don't do anything. And even cognitively, we're still like, well, that's just empty space. But I went to the, you know, I've done pilgrimages. I went to the goddess temples in Malta where they have uh, still goddess temples intact that they built for women to go to to bleed in. And they were called dream chambers, collective dream chambers is understanding that actually there's a whole realm not to be mined from, not this concept of extraction, but to be nourished by and to receive from in the shamanic dream space, in the mystic, going under the veil, treating your bleed as sacred, treating death as sacred, the portals in and the -hmm. worlds on the other side of that, that we don't, I think we've just begun to catch glimmers of because they're ancient, these doorways into the mystic, particularly from access points that we've not been accessing so we've been graced with such beauty of like you know Indian lineages and tantric and yogic lineages of ways into the mystic and these portals in through the herbs through mugwort through shamanic windwork through the Celts through actually a lot you know indigenous white shamanism because that was what was burned so that's what we're just rediscovering and remembering are those portals in and the earth is a portal in. So one of the old practices is you go into a cave, you know, Scotland, Ireland, England, you do a shamanic journey of finding a cave and climbing in, it's going back into the belly of the mother and meditating there. But in in these lands, that's cold and dark and very alone and isolating and treacherous, you know, the journey back to the underworld, yeah. I love how these, all of these mysteries, connection to lineage, Mm. the all, all these portals are coming back into awareness and mm. slowly trickling in through the mainstream there's mystery schools coming up there's um cults uh, emerging like the, these stories are being like really life is being injected back into them and that's because there's something in the collective that's calling for it you know I feel the earth is crying out to be heard Mm -hmm. and for us Mm -hmm. to remember like there's like a collective like remembrance and Mm -hmm. like just hearing you speak I feel Mm -hmm. like you're kind of like a bridge in between worlds Mm -hmm. like you're kind of like this um like you are a portal in a way like you're there like you've actually gone to Iceland like not for yourself you're actually you, you've gone mm-hmm. to something for a greater purpose and yeah. you meeting with the dark going there yeah. you, you're, you're kind of like feeding the medicine from that mm. place I think that's one of the best compliments I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> you are the port. You are the portal. <laughs> you are the medicine. <laughs> but holding it, I feel you holding, holding mm. the dark and resonating it. Mm. Truly, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, when I woke up this morning and was tuning into this interview, the voice in my head was saying, "Like you are ancient, or I'm ancient." Like I'm. I'm mm. I feel so I feel I carry the Kaliach you know I was born drowning so I choked on the birth fluid and died and came back on the moment of my birth so I have a birth death birth entrance which is a shamanic initiation and in my natal chart my north node is in the eighth house which is the house of death so the south node in the house of material and so my entire and then my north node is conjunct literally the same degree as Lilith so 
it's very clear and my Venus is conjunct my midway, you know, so I'm very much ruled by Libra and Taurus and um, I'm here in service to the goddess and the dark goddess and the underworld, both. You know, I can teach sexuality, I can teach sweetness, I can teach pleasure and ease, but I can, yeah, I, I do hold that doorway open and I guide that underworld journey. I, I'm not scared of the underworld. You know, I've done a still level two, for example, assisted it, it's the underworld journey. And I love it, it's my playground. I find level one so much harder because it's like the human, it's like the mother, father, child, whereas the underworld is where I feel at most alive, actually. But it's not in that gothic, which we've all done, I'm sure as teenagers, that like gothic way of the underworld, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm literally about to teach a container on this for three months, like the dissolving, like I am just about to, for the first time, be that boatsman on the, the river, be that person who holds the flame and helps people see in the dark. Mm, what's this container? Tell me a little bit more about the container you're running. Mm. Yeah, so I just received and landed it a few days ago. So when we were talking about doing our podcast months ago, this was not in my field. Um, I haven't offered anything in quite a while. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do much in winter. I really want to rest. And then realized that, well, the, I would just receive. So the dissolving is what it's called, the name. Because I've been so with the dissolving, my whole year this year for me has been a death year. It's been a dissolving of everything. And I've been wanting to land something new in my work, wanting to land something new in my life, like make the country move, launch the new brand, the new website, enter a new partnership. You know, I've, I've been in this liminal limbo mm. and it's not been time. And it was me being given the medicine of like, it takes as long as it takes to dissolve. You cannot bear fruit within the decay, you know, and the decay can take a long time. So I'm sure you know this, all space holders, go through the process they will then teach first so as it was happening I didn't think that but now I've come out the other side after a year a whole fucking year of dissolving which was the most painful process because it wasn't fire it wasn't burning up it wasn't the adrenaline rush of like okay I'm burning everything in my life and I'm moving to Israel and you know it was this emptiness this void this repetition the same thing every day of how deep can I go into dissolving where nothing is changing externally. So actually it was a very excruciating process for a Leo, for a, you know, a manifesting generator to not generate anything. And so I felt called to hold a three month container through winter, which begins, I'm not sure when this will, when you'll be hearing this, but it begins middle of November, right after the eclipse. We'll meet every new and full moon and then close on the, Imbolc, which is the Celtic Sabbath of rebirth. So it's guiding the three dark moons of winter and it's a container to teach the tools of winter. Not to learn, not a course, not like, okay, here's my notebook and study of womb work and sexuality, but actually to experientially dissolve and trust that the deeper you surrender to the darkness of the goddess, her embrace, not knowing, specifically not knowing, it's almost like the Sankalpa is to receive only. That is the, the strongest quality of the feminine is to receive, is to trust, is to surrender. And we learn that in sexuality, in orgasm, in you know, money, and like how much can you receive? But it's how much can you surrender to death and trust that spring always follows winter. It's in our earth, it's in our DNA, and yet we fear and resist it and we try and kickstart her we try and jump ahead we try and not surrender so how deeply can we surrender and to the depth of that surrender of winter and dissolving imagine how much you could receive you know the more you surrender the more you receive and I don't really see this being taught very much to surrender to the dark chambers of the, the feminine mysteries so it's actually very hard to put into words because it is experiential in the not doing <laughs> Yeah, and also we, we kind of don't know what's going to happen next, you know, like for the story of our civilization. So I feel like learning how to surrender and how mm -hmm. to surrender to the moment, how to surrender to mm -hmm. what is, I think that's very valuable medicine at this mm -hmm. time. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling like, you know, our story here in Australia, we're just kind of coming mm. 
to the end of it all mm. I hope but mm. you know I was I feel like I'm quite well trained in surrender um mm. to the last few years going through like mystery schools and um mm. and, and Easter, like you know there's mm. like a practice there but most of most people don't really have the tools in how to surrender mm. and that can make it excruciating like every day can be painful mm. I even found it painful the last few months being in mm. lockdown it's like whoa this is mm. this is tough this is a practice it's really it, it's mm. I'm, I feel like I'm being stretched and squeezed at the same time mm. and yeah. so what what would yeah. happen if I just like completely dissolve exactly this is it this is the physical dissolving and as a sweeping statement what I see has been played out in the last 18 months, the reason so much um, obedience to, you know, deep restriction of freedom, and I'm mm. not criticizing it, but the reason so many of us, myself included, said yes to stay indoors for three months, don't live. You know, people were giving up living because they were scared of dying. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we should throw complete caution to the wind. I'm so grateful for the longevity of life we have now that our ancestors didn't have actually you know we really do live healthy vital lives that go on for a long time because we now have all these tools and you know both western and other of health and this is the medicine of the celtic wheel of the year this is the medicine that tantric yogas teach you know we are with it all including the death and if you can face death and if you can be with death then you live more fully and it's the fear of dying that has stopped people from living and I feel that those who have in some way in their lives confronted death, whether it's, you know, dark nights of soul or physical illness, you know, I've had adrenal fatigue, which in itself is like you're a walking zombie uh, for years. I had that. And it brings up such a deep appreciation for life. Um, but there are so many tools for that, for the dissolving, like bone breathing. And it is the collective dream time. And anything that is manifest in this reality began as a dream. So the more space you give yourself to dream, the richer and more potent what you land in the 3D will be. You know, we live in a culture of instant manifestation and, and constant manifestation. And I just feel it's almost become popcorn culture. Yeah. Again, well, the other thing I see is actually why I think we're going through this total clusterfuck of, like you said, push and pull, is we've now got every person on the planet knowing how to manifest and doing it for their own benefit. So everyone is now this free agent and we're in our own egos doing that. And in the old ways, as a culture and as a community and as a collective, the whole community would do one group ritual on each Sabbath, light the Beltane fires, jump the cattle over the fires, jump themselves for the benefit of the collective so that there would be crops, so that there would be children for all, right? So the potency of magic was brought into collectives of people at different points in the world, the temples, the pyramids, the temple culture. And I see myself included that we, want to be part of communities and want to join temples and yet we're all at home with our journals manifesting individually so there's now a billion timelines trying to make make mm -hmm. themselves into reality simultaneously from a billion different dream spaces and I don't yet know the medicine to that because that that sounds like well let one person decide the dream who gets to decide the collective dream yeah right? but we are missing I think that's why everything's fracturing that's why the matrix is just now fragging you know we're defragging it because yeah it can't sustain this many individual dreams yeah and so whilst that is happening you know there's like this like like all of that is ending I feel like in terms of like individualization we're moving into mm -hmm. like from the Piscean age into the Aquarian age and mm -hmm. yep there's like mystery schools and communities popping up people are moving out of cities and wanting to live in something that's more sustainable because living as an individual it's just like capitalism it's mm. it can't have it's not sustainable it's it's time mm. is up and so yeah. I feel like there is a shift that's starting to happen we're just kind of at this crunchy point where it's yeah the shift is happening and it's uncomfortable mm -hmm. and I feel like more and more of us are starting to reawaken and mm -hmm. you know that medicine of void is slowly starting to come in you know I was just saying to Sigourney like, I feel like this chat with Jenny is going to be really mm -hmm. important because yeah like wild <laughs> race is so yeah like mm -hmm. we're so cosmic and like pulling 
you know, pulling down the, the cosmos and mm. that, that kind of magic. Mm. But there's something mm. about your magic, what you're bringing, the earthly elements that I feel mm-hmm. weaved so beautifully with, yeah. with ours. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. I, it's, a, it's such a journey constantly. And I've done it in my own life of like going, doing the up, 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 and then doing the down, down, down. Mm-hmm. And I had to laugh when I saw that moment in time recently when two or three billionaires blasted off into space, you know, mm-hmm. because spiritually, we've had predominantly for the last 5,000 years, masculine based spiritual practices that are about up and out. You know, the body is decays, the body is full of desire, the body is where the blood of the shit is. But if you become an aesthetic, if you transcend the body, you know, I've done Vipassana meditation, don't respond to body needs, just overcome it, bypass it, then you can up and out, go up. And so that's mm-hmm. been the spiritual practice that a lot even our culture is based on this as religions. And again, um, the dominant religion, Christianity, that then became the culture. So even if we're not religious, we live in a culture that came from, you know, mass colonization of Christianity. It's a linear timeline. It says you're born and you die. And after you die, you go to heaven or hell. And that fear of the afterlife without reincarnation, without cycles is what allows the mass control. You know, it says like there's just so many pieces within Christianity, like unborn babies go into this hell realm of liminal space. There's just like the nine realms of hell, you know, which actually, like I said at the beginning of this, hell is a goddess. So it's fear of a linear timeline that ends and you then sentence yourself to an eternity in either heaven or hell that allows people to say, well, I must follow what they tell me will get me into heaven. And it's the spiraling timeline of all of our ancestors, including the Celtic culture where there is no beginning and end and time is not linear, that frees us from that, frees us from the concept that the, there's one right way to be, the up and out way, and actually that the death and decay of the body is okay. So when I saw these billionaires blast off into space, I was like, this is the biggest metaphor for what's been happening for the last 5,000 years, like by burning planet, by you know, shit and blood and decay, like I'm gonna go up and out. So the, acceptance of the body exactly as it is the acceptance of the female body exactly as she is because let's face it there has been against periods against birth against you know feminine emotions against hysteria against the feminine body and all that she brings the female body the female hormones the physical vessel that births life being a mother I'm a doula as well right so there's an island in Scotland called Iona one of the oldest islands in the world it's got some of the oldest stones in the world on it and the legend is that there's a giant old ancient temple, which is a birthing chamber. And it's said that Mary Magdalene birthed her child there. That mm-hmm. one of the cathedrals or one of the churches has Yeshua and Magdalene with Magdalene pregnant. Um, but this was a birthing chamber where pregnant women would go because collectively when we did live, what we're all now desiring off grid as communities, there would be mass rituals to conceive under a full moon <laughs> or juice if you will and then nine months later typically <laughs> typically we would all birth at the same time the full moon would come with no artificial technology interrupting that you know syncing with the circadian rhythm so all the women would begin to labor collectively under the full moon nine months later and they'd all go into the birthing chamber together and the old women and the maidens and the crones would drum and burn mugworts or maybe in South America, eat cacao beans. You know, we all have our own medicines of aiding birth and go into shamanic states. And there would be these mass shamanic portals of birth where every single female body, like you consider that it's the female body that brings spirit down and puts it into flesh. Like that is goddess. You know, the God, it's not that he gives and he takes away. She gives and she takes away. Mm. We go back to the earth. We come through the female body and these ancient goddess temple ways of so deeply honoring the female body and what she creates and imagining like wow just being in this this shamanic stone earth temple where you're birthing shamanically ecstatically you're having this collective orgasmic birth with all of your sisters as the grandmothers and daughters are drumming like that is how it used to be just saying that is like well that blows my mind and it's like and that was so normal So that's what I want to land back in a way. That's what I feel the medicine of the dark feminine can be. That life, that ecstasy of life creating from the dark. I haven't heard that before. And that sounds incredible. Like I've heard about 
there are tens of women bleeding together, but then mm. women giving birth together in this ecstatic birth, like in this shamanic trance-like state. Mm-hmm. You know, it's completely, it would completely rewrite like the story of like a painful birth or being in a hospital, mm-hmm. like with a doctor putting your, your legs in stirrups, which is actually so unnatural. Like that is that's why mm-hmm. women have um what's it called when they have the like the, the laughing gas or the oh yeah they get uh, given the, the drugs well, <laughs> the injections yeah when they have the drugs yeah, yeah. they didn't have that back yeah. then mm-hmm. and there is that's the 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 link between life and death the portal is the same you know we come and go back to the same place and it is through earth body as women and then back into earth mother and yes when we open to birth a new being into this world we're very close to death Mm -hmm. that is known you know again it's this denying of death and I want to really honor how much progress has been made in women's birthing and how now safe women are when they birth and I think that's incredible and thousands of years ago when death was so much more normal you would have 10 children and maybe four would die and not to be flippant but also to be more pragmatic that that's how it was that there was the danger that as you open to the realm to receive a soul you're opening to the realm where the souls go back to so of course you're close to death as you birth and they're the same state and I've always wondered there's a beautiful teacher Stephen Jenkins who's written a book called I think dying well and he teaches about death and how we denying death is so damaging to us and when you die naturally, your brain produces a large amount of DMT. Um, so I've never journeyed with it, but they say that when you take DMT or ayahuasca, it's a similar experience that people have had when they've had near-death experiences. You get the same visuals, you know, crossing certain bridges and going through certain colors. And there's the capacity and real possibility for all women to birth ecstatically. It's not to say you failed your birth, that doesn't happen. I don't want to bring in the like, damn, I need to do it again. You're being amazing as a woman if you literally just birth a child. And, you know, if we were collectively birthing ecstatically and dying sweetly and dissolving, but with that ecstasy, what would the karmic wheel be like if every soul entered and left this world through ecstasy? Mm. Like that is the invitation as well. Not the fear, not the contraction, not the lying, not the denying, not the laying on the either both the sterile hospital, whether it's birthing or dying, not the the lying actually. Doulas are there to give a woman informed choice because the uh, naivety is what's played upon to then um, actually violate women's bodies during the birthing process. It's one of the most unnamed areas where women's bodies are violated is in birth Mm. in that way. So this is how deep my mind spirals down when I'm like, okay, the dissolving, okay, winter, oh, this, this collective portal into death, it could become ecstatic and that's not to be morose. It's actually, I feel not even being revealed the depths we can go to in, in that, the two portals in and out and how sweet we can make them. Yeah, and old age, death, it's like a, a, it definitely in India, it's more woven into society. It's uh, I've been to there mm-hmm. enough that uh, dead bodies are constantly being carried through the streets, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's accepted as being part of life. But mm-hmm. as a society, you know, we hide older people. With the crone, the crone is not really respected. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I've started doing recently is connecting with my with my crone and using her as a guide and developing my my love for her, not fearing her. Like, wow, she's actually she she's everything. Like the crone mm-hmm. is the maiden, she is the mother, she is the wild woman, like she is everything. And um, like this relationship with death, it's like every day we're we're closer to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah there's something yeah like in this time that's forcing us to connect mm-hmm. with that part and um mm-hmm. I have um journeyed with with DMT before and mm-hmm. felt like I was dying and there was actually a real ease to it I felt okay with dying mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. this doesn't have to be I don't have to fight it it just mm-hmm. is it's part yeah. of 
cycle and my cells remember it. My cells mm. remember being born and dying, being born again. And mm. it's, um, it's like, it's the compost. My body mm. was compost mm. born again and it's, yeah. it's going to keep going. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, all the indigenous cultures, like they all were led by the grandmothers. Like I feel so strongly the loss and lack of the wise grandmothers. So in my land, Scotland and Ireland, it's so sad. Like the reclamation of the witch work here is being done very much within a context of, you know, our mothers and grandmothers have such fear in their bodies because the witch wound is still so alive and it was playing out culturally. Still is in a way, but particularly for that generation and backwards. You just, it was, you couldn't, you could not your magic or if you did it was done in subtle ways like reading the tea leaves and I felt such a grief in my own life I love my one grandmother I knew I love her dearly and my other I do love dearly they're both midwives mm. one went to Germany after World War II and went to the concentration camps and birthed babies there when she was 19 you know so I so deeply yeah feel the portal within me that's passed down from them of them birthing within these camps of death and feel the sadness at how little there is the there are the grandmothers to guide us and we are trying our best as these wounded maidens these eternal living in a culture of the wounded maiden what just happened for Britney Spears for me was like such a she is a metaphorical larger than life being that carries the frequency that we all grew up in of this wounded maiden you know one of her songs I was born to make you happy like be the eternal maiden be a virgin but also be a good mother the virgin mother um i do feel that's the next reclamation in women's empowerment is the the mother and the crone and the wise woman who's kind of in between the crones the sort of great grandmother but even just landing healthy mother i'm still working on that i'm not a physical mother but i'm in my mid-30s i had no imprint of what a healthy integrated mother is society you know, she's the, I've been working with Sarah um, of Magdalene on this, like she is the safest person in the room. She holds the frequency. She is the frequency of the room. And what the world desperately needs is beings embodying healthy mother who are orientating towards crone and prepared to age because we live in a culture that denies aging. That's so, you know, I love the, the health movement of all these things you can take to be healthy and vital. Mm. And yet I actually had a dream two nights ago that I had white streaks at my hair and I woke up like, oh my God, I want that. I want this really awesome crone gray hair. You know, I've, I've always wanted to be a crone. Realized, I just realized I was looking at my hair today. I have six new gray hairs. Congratulations. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, because I knew I always had one gray hair, and just in the last few weeks, I'm like, oh, what has happened? And I really mm. like it. And I'm like, oh, I feel like yeah. I'm somehow connecting with, yeah, like with my crone. I'm, I'm connecting yeah. with my timeline. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. quantum field for me. But yeah, what you're talking about, it's also the pedestaling of the maiden. You know, we need to protect mm. her, and actually, that's an unhealthy projection of and that she needs to be protected but I, actually like the maiden's got it like she's magnetic mm -hmm. be. she's left to yeah. mature and integrate mm -hmm. and then yeah the the mother can develop and then the the crone yeah. can develop in her fullness yeah exactly this is why we're starving because the maiden is the blossom the maiden is the fragrance the maiden is the apple tree's blossom it smells good and looks sweet but the mother is the fruit that we eat and the crone is the decay that nourishes the soil of the next season so we are starving collectively for mature feminine energy because we're we've been obsessed myself included with maidens right i even feel in a lot of tantric containers that can be the case or a lot of sacred you know i feel we're constantly evolving collectively and I feel it's speeding up. So actually, whenever I enter a container, I'm like, okay, that needs to also evolve now because things are evolving. But what I see is the return of the mother, the crone, and we are the generation of women who've had the privilege. I say this every time I sit in circle with women, like, please take a moment to acknowledge and honor just the fact that this podcast is happening. We can sit in circle. Really, like our grandmothers could not do that. They would literally be fear, not of being burned in that generation, but, you know, exiled shamed beaten at home actually 
So it's so recent that the female body and being and feminine energy is it's all happening so quickly. And in the last 20 years, we've been able to grow our armpit hair and show pictures of our menstrual blood online and and paint our faces with our menstrual blood. There's been so much happening so quickly. And the next thing feels like exactly this. It's the crone. We will age like aging. And that so you're saying the, the maiden's magnetic. She is and she the women continue to become more magnetic. We've been taught. And it's on one of those levels that we will probably need to defrag our brains, right? That we're going to dry up and get old and less juicy. Like there's a, we decay when we die. We don't decay before that. <laughs> so oh, can we be framed? Bullshit. I know that's bullshit. Yeah. The older I get, I feel like the more open I yeah. am, orgasmic I am, the more I'm, yeah. more I'm learning about my body, the more yeah. sensitive I am. And I've heard of women um post menopause mm-hmm. just floating gushing yeah. like yeah. all sorts of things <laughs> yeah yeah personally and yeah realizing as well is that the more I step into so now I'm definitely moving into um the mother archetype and I'm actually donating mm-hmm. my eggs in a few weeks wow I'm more in touch with my maiden who is magnetic so it's like oh mm. my mother my crone are actually going to still hold that magnetism which is going to be a more mature mm. magnetism because mm. it's and that's that's yeah. that I'm embodying that mm. I'm so actually all the archetypes are weaving together yeah. all support one yeah. another so beautifully that's so beautiful you're donating your eggs and yeah I'm, I'm curious this is emerging this is what you know circling right back around with the dissolving with the winter with the darkness it's like that's the realm of the dark goddess that's the realm of the, the mystic and in the you know menstrual cycle awareness you've got your bleeds which is your death you've got your spring your maiden your ovulation is your mother and then your autumn your premenstrual phase is your crone mm. and people call it the inner critic it's quite popular with the red school but the red the inner critic is just the shadow of the wise woman. The wise woman is the crone who's like, honey, I got all the advice you need, but you're not listening. So I've got to turn into Medusa here. You know, I've got to come through strong because you're not hearing this intuition. And she's in us all the time. You know, as women, we get this gift of every month with our bleeds being able to access this Russian doll, ancient wisdom inside of us. It's not just ours. It comes through us from our grandmothers as we listen. This is why I love sacred menstruation work because it takes us out of ourselves into this red our own red thread weaves into the tapestry and when we move into our premenstrum which is the time most women fear they get hysterical which is the way of framing the power that comes through women and it's not being given a space and a a guidance Mm -hmm. of the vessel actually you're accessing the wisdom of the crone you know the red tents where that the women would go and be premenstrual and bleed together and come out and the wisdom they gather together would leave the village and I feel that is, and it was guided by the grandmothers so without it being gendered I just feel that can come through all beings and bodies and it is missing like the wisdom of the crone guiding us and it's the wisdom of winter and darkness and decay so yeah and society used to like thousands of years ago society used to be matriarchal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, I just hope that, you know, as we start to move into the Aquarian age, that it doesn't have to be gendered. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Welcome all the medicines and, and the wisdom mm. from the feminine, like the, the world is, mm. is crying for it. And, you know, as we were talking about, you know, the billionaires shooting off to space, I could just imagine them mm. like in phallic, you know, spaceships mm. just like trading the world. yeah yeah but one thing I want to name is like I read um with a teacher that the goddess worshipping cultures that we came from I'm obsessed with them I I teach embody the goddess I like love that and just as we've swung with the pendulum too far into a patriarchal model Mm -hmm. there was a time when the matriarchy went too far so this goddess worshipping yes there's blood and there's life and there's death we had human sacrifices we had chambers of cutting off people's heads we had regular you know I don't know fully all of it actually but we it's so easy to romanticize the past and the goddess can become the shadow of the dark goddess she can become the mother that eats her children so 
as we land her back, the invitation is to, to be mindful of what shadows could come with that. Because yes, feminine chaos has been called hysterical. And yes, in Victorian Britain, the land I'm from, only 100 years ago, 150 women were locked up in straitjackets to rot in hospitals if they had, you know, postpartum depression or just got a bit premenstrual. So there's such a fear epigenetically of the female body to express her fullness of feeling. And that's why work like Wild Grace like, is needed. And like anything, if we allow it to go too far, it becomes the chaos. It becomes the Kali who's about to destroy the world before Shiva lay down in front of her and pretended to be dead to, to calm her. You know, it's like we need both within us. So as I deepen my work, it's constantly watching like where could this become the shadow of the goddess that had the temples of, you know, death ritual and sacrifice. And also because of that suppression, there also needs to be a space to purge because mm. as the feminine reemerges, like in mm. this big way, gonna be there, there will be, mm. and there will be some, mm. some, some venom that needs mm -hmm. to come out. Yeah. And okay, as well, but we have the space to do that, to do that, and also the awareness of yes, this is part of the process yeah. the, of the reality yeah. that there's going to be that comes with it too. Yeah. yeah. And have you heard the? The theory or the premise of this dark goddess cycle that we're in it's like a 35,000 year cycle of the dark moon or the moon goddess can you speak into that yeah so it's Demetra George I want to attribute to her she wrote the book in the 90s I think and when I read it my mind was blown I read it at the beginning of COVID of really this energy we've been in of like you know mother why have you forsaken us where are you like please come on it's been a long time now of this death and decay like come back so it's understanding that the moon moves in this 28 day cycle from dark to waxing to full to waning to dark again and right before the new moon there's the dark moon and that happens in our bodies every 28 days it happens in our day every solar day you know there's these four moments and she's mapped out this 35,000 year cycle of humanity which is quite a feat to track the emergence and the rising and the peak and the falling and the disappearance of the goddess as a moon cycle. It's also called the Kali Yuga, but actually it's not quite within that time cycle of understanding. You know, she goes all the way back to noticing when goddess worship emerged as cave paintings. So actually these cave paintings we have in the south of France with okra of men hunting bison, that wasn't men hunting bison. The bison is the goddess and it's people worshiping her. So she goes right back to tracking the earliest records we have of goddess worship and how it evolved and how it became these temples and became this matriarch and became this fertility goddess world and her you know then what happened her temples being torn down her being literally annihilated and we're now in a period of five thousand years when she's not been there we have you know we're all children who are saying mother where are you you know that abandoned child and much like spring always follows winter the new moon always comes out of the dark moon so we're in a collective dark night of the soul. We have been for 5,000 years. And the, the piece of that is like, have faith because she's about to be reborn. She has to be. This is her cycle. You know, and the book goes into so much more detail around the, all the different ages. But when I read that, such peace came in of understanding yet another cycle. Is We're just in it. And she is literally, we're on this cusp. And I wonder if this eclipse, we're all feeling, you know, that every moment there's a new rebirth, like more is coming back. I'm so excited for this eclipse. I've been feeling it for the last couple of weeks. And um, I'm just, I just want it already. <laughs> yeah. ready. What, are you, what are you feeling for it? I'm curious. Um, I'm not sure what's coming exactly, but every day it's as though I'm, I'm journeying through another piece of letting go, another, another mm. piece of grief, another release of... Mm. Like recently what I've been journeying through is um, like this Jewish um, mm -hmm. dog um, mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of in my life ever since, I mean, for, for, for lineages, I come from a Jewish mm -hmm. background. I went to a Jewish mm -hmm. school. Um, just mm -hmm. the whole idea of um, family and construct and the white picket fence mm -hmm. and as going to the mother archetype, what does that actually mm -hmm. look like for me? Mm -hmm. Um, and not basing it on my families or my, my friends projections like mm -hmm. what does it actually look like for me and 
Um, yes, it's interesting because next week I'm going back to Melbourne and me and my ex-husband, we still haven't mm. gone through Jewish divorce. So going mm. through that process and releasing that and releasing myself from it and we're mm. going, to going through this ancient ritual um, that's been performed for mm-hmm. yeah. just wow. just like releasing and shaking like any karmic mm-hmm. ties or cords or, or familial contracts that I've had just releasing all of that and how can mm-hmm. I show up as a as a soul with mm-hmm. my personality not my personality that's kind of just mm-hmm. like checking in with my soul every now and then mm-hmm. so yeah, some big pieces. <laughs> and, <laughs> then, <a> few. <laughs> you know, and then the egg donation is happening just yeah. after the, the the Jewish divorce. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the eclipse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did that call you as a as a neutral thing to do for an anonymous? Or do you, is there a connection there of a sister? Like I'm curious the energy that, that came through for you um so the way that it came through for me so it's a couple of friends it's a same same mm-hmm. couple mm-hmm. who are wanting to bring the soul into the world and yeah they mentioned to me that you know they're looking for eggs and for me mm-hmm. automatic yes and I kind of surprised myself mm-hmm. wow I never mm-hmm. thought I would be on this journey and it's just mm-hmm. a fuck yes from the beginning mm-hmm. the to me in my dreams and I, I'm not sure if I do want to be a mother in the future mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. not right now but mm-hmm. to bring the soul in to, mm-hmm. to the lives of my friends mm-hmm. just it feels so true beautiful yeah that's so gorgeous and I feel into that as well with this community and collective and the old way of living when we lived in communities and yes you had a baby and you didn't raise it alone and of course it was yours and there wasn't this like this burnout of mothers whether they're single or in partnership this burnout of parents this sadness sometimes around that I just feel that's a medicine that will be given in community as well you know Robin Lim is a doula in Bali she won Time magazine of the year and her, she is American and she's land, landed these midwifery valley um, birthing centers. And her son, she said, was raised like when she was off helping women birth, like the other women in the village, four or five women would breastfeed her son. As in it wasn't even a con- not consideration. She said he's never been sick. He's got the immune system of five women. So just even that as an example of these ways that our children are not ours. This ownership of child is very strange. It, belong, it takes a village. And to hear you share that is so beautiful, that, that piece. Yeah, they're of the earth and um, mm. my relationship with um, with these two people who are going to be raising the, the child, mm. they, they want me to, to be part of mm. their, their children's lives and mm-hmm. be like the cool auntie. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's like, wow, so we're really redefining family like mm-hmm. what is a modern family what does that look like and there can be many parents and mm. in different in different forms yeah. yeah and I just get this image of the gold goddess temples that I visited with this this that you're doing of like this is the goddess temple body offering life and it's just now we have new ways for that to happen but it really is this yeah, it's so sweet and so powerful. I see you as this big goddess temple <laughs> producing <laughs> life in a new way, you know? Well, that's it. It's like life is coming through me. And yeah. I said yes. Yeah. That was that was my soul and actually something mm-hmm. greater that was moving mm-hmm. saying yes. Yeah. 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 So sweet. I love how we began talking about death and we're also now speaking of new life this is it the cycle and this whole conversation oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the composting of your marriage and then this like new life coming from it totally yeah, yeah. okay before we finish up I actually just want to ask you what are you doing for the eclipse oh that's a good question I don't have a plan yet I I find now I 
work so much in the void that it comes through in the moment or I find myself where I need to be um on the Friday Thursday yeah I may get out into nature to a glacier but I don't like to plan because I trust I'll be taking where I need to be Very so exciting. I'll actually let you know after the eclipse you know um, <laughs> sometimes it can be you know sitting with mugwort wherever you are but going in actually mm. uh, just out of a big city so away from lots of uh, interference yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh jenny thank you so so mm. for joining me today on this wild grace podcast and yeah we'll speak soon and hope everyone's enjoyed this chat i mean i know i have it's been incredible incredible and i feel i feel full actually i feel full of the dark and mm. i'm excited to dream tonight i think that this is mm. it is going to weave into my dream space and you burning mm. them while I'm feeling it yeah thank you so much for having me here it's been such a pleasure to connect across completely across the world right before it feels like you said this is a portal as well it feels like this conversation and the podcast so thank you yeah thank you for your medicine